Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Taf Samach Gimel, Taf 63 of Mesechta Pesachim. Um, so, at the beginning, we continue our discussion about different intentions during Shrita, particularly intentions regarding Arelim and Mulim, people with the Brismila, people without. Um, we get to a new Mishnah, talking about slaughtering the Pesach when you have Chomets around, We'll get to a machlokas between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan over there. Interesting machlokas. Um, and then who matters when it comes to shechting your Korban Pesach when there's chametz around? Is it only the person who's shechting, about, shechting the Korban Pesach? What about the other people in his group? Or what about the person doing Zrika Saddam? So these are inyanim that we'll get to soon. Let us begin on Daf Samach Beis and Beis. Four lines from the bottom. Tanya Acherim Omrim says Acherim. Acherim, of course, is Rabbi Meir. Generally accepted to be Rabbi Meir. <clears throat> also, of course, this was a discussion that we had on like one of the first days of the WhatsApp group with our good Chavar, Rabbi Sral. Acherim Omrim Hiktim Mulim La'arelim Kosher. Arelim the Mulim Apostle. Okay, so if you have a fellow... He's shechting a korban pesach, okay, and his initial intention was for mulim um, for people with a bris milah, and then his attention was for arelim people without a bris milah kosher arelim hiktim arelim the mulim apostle. But if the first intention was for arelim and the second intention was for mulim, so then it is apostle. So how come when the intention is initially for people with a bris milah and then the intention is for people without a bris milah? So how come that that's how come that's that's acceptable? Is it because in order for it to be possible, you'd have to have intention for a group of chevra that entirely does not have a bris milah, and that's not the case over here since some of them do have a bris milah. But But then why does it matter if you? Have an intention initially for Arelim first or Mulim first. What's the difference? Even when you have initially the intention for Arelim, for people without a brismila. So the fact of the matter is, ultimately it's going to be a group consisting of people with a brismila, people without a brismila. And we know, of course, that if you shach the Korban Pesach for Arelim and Mulim, so, so, so that would be acceptable, it would be kosher. So let's say that the Acherim, let's say that Reb Meir holds, Okay, so there's a distinction here. There's a question when it comes to shrita. Okay, so when it comes to shrita, so there's two um, simonim, basically the trachea and the esophagus that need to get slit. So um, the question is, do we say that there's shrita mitchile v'atzof that the shrita begins with the initial incision and then ends when the you know everything that needs to be severed has been severed, or do we say that what's considered the shrita part and what's going to be important in terms of like what your kavana is really is only at the end of the slaughtering process? Okay, so let's say that so let's say that acherim who is Reb Meir holds that shrita really only matters at the end of the slaughtering process. So really what's important is what he's thinking, what his intention is at the end of the slaughtering process. 
And it's like Rava who says that here also would be the machlokes, the machlokes between Reb Meir and Reb Yossi about, right, do we say af bigmar dvar of Adam nitpas or mitchilas dvar of Adam nitpas? The, the machlokes that's been coming up a few times recently. That according to Reb Yossi, we take into account everything that somebody says, right? So if he says that this animal is going to be in place of a Ola or in place of a Shlabim, so we have to take both of those into account. Whereas Reb Meir says we only take into account what he says first. So we're going to apply this Machlokas here as well. And therefore, so when he has, so, so let's go weiter for a second. Hilka hiktim mulin da arelim, mulin chayle, arelim lo chayle, hiktim arelim the mulin, arelim chayle, mulin lo chayle. And therefore, so now to bring everything together. So, Acherim is Reb Meir. We have Machlokas between Reb Meir and Reb Yossi about is a person, when he, when he says kind of two statements, do we have to take the entire statement into account? Or, like Reb Meir says, you only take the beginning, the first part of his statement into account. So Reb Meir says you only take the first part of the statement into, his, into account. And therefore, we're going to say that Reb Meir's opinion, i.e. Acherim's opinion, is that um, Shechita is only significant at the end. And therefore, what matters is what so his intention is only going to matter what happens at the very end of the slaughtering. Now, at the very end of the slaughtering, you can only be thinking one thing at a time. And therefore, we go based on the first thing that he's thinking. And therefore, if what the first thing that he's thinking is mulim, for people with a brismila, well, then since at the end of the shechita, he's thinking lemulim, for people with a brismila, that's what matters. And therefore, the shechita is going to be kosher. However, if it was the other way around, if the first intention that he had was la'arelim, people without a brismila, and we're saying that uh, the shechita only matters and what his intention is doing shechita is only going to matter at the very end. And the first thing that he's having in mind at the very end, which is what matters, is arelim. So therefore, that's going to be a problem. So that is why Acherim says that if his first intention was limulim for people with a brismila, it's fine. But if his first intention was arelim, people without a brismila, it is not fine Um because there's only one opportunity to have intention, and that's at the end of the Shechita, and therefore whatever your initial intention is, i.e. whatever you're thinking at the end of the Shechita, which is when it matters, that is what we're going to go by. Omar Rabba, five lines into the Gemara, says Rabba, Lo, no, lo olam kusav yecherim yeshna l'shechita mitchile v'atzof. Really, Acherim says that there, that, that, that Shechita begins at the beginning of the um, you know, incision, and then ends whenever you slaughtered what and cut whatever you had to cut is has been cut, okay. And therefore, there's potentially opportunity to have several um, different intentions. However, of my skin on here, what are we talking about? So in his heart, his intention was, you know, both for mulim and arelim in whatever order it was. Bain le mulim, bain la arelim. However, sounds like exciting stuff. And the problem, the place where it's going to be a problem is okay. So he had in mind both for mulim and for arelim, both for people. He had in his heart uh, people with a brismila, people without a brismila. Now, but lemaise, what he only got around to verbalizing, and as Rashi points out uh, about eight or ten lines into the wider, like the middle wide parts of Rashi, that whenever we have um, thought, intention, when it comes to Korbanus, what's significant is what he says. 
if he says something. And therefore, so in his heart, he had in mind um, people with a bris milah and people without a bris milah. However, what he only got around to saying before the shechita was over was la'arelim, people without a bris milah. Right? So, so he said that he's shechting this Karim Pesach for people without a bris milah. And he didn't have an opportunity to say also for people with a bris milah, until he lost his chance, until the slaughtering was finished and all he had said was people without a bris milah. That's why it doesn't work. And here's the machlokas between Acherim and the Chachamim. That Reb Meir slash Kilu hold that you do not need your heart and what you verbalize to be the same. And therefore, even though in his heart he intended for both Mulim and La'arelim, but all he said was Arelim, so therefore, even though he, what he was thinking and what he said didn't align, it doesn't matter, and we can go based on what he said, which is Arelim, and therefore it's going to be possible for Rabban and Savre, Binam Pivli Boshovim, whereas the rabbis say, no, they have to be the same, and therefore, even though he said Arelim, it's still going to be acceptable, since um, in his heart he was thinking both Mulim and Arelim, um, so therefore it's not going to mess things up. Now, Frekta Gemara, does Reb Meir really hold that you do not need for what you say and what you're thinking in your heart to be equal? But we have a contradiction. Okay, a fellow goes to his field and he intended and he goes to you know some produce and he intended to say that this is going to be trume vamer meiser, but he ended up saying that it's going to be meiser meiser vamer trume. He was, he meant to say that this thing is meiser, but he ended up saying it's trume. Or he said, I'm not going to go into this house. It makes like a nether. Like I, I am going to refrain from going into, you know, this house. But he accidentally said that house. Okay. He says, I'm not going to get any benefit from this fellow, but he ended up saying that fellow. He hasn't said anything. Until what his intention is, you know, aligns with what he said. And now this is a Stam Mishnah. It's a Mishnah in Trumas. So Stam Mishnah, of course, is Reb Meir. So we see that Reb Meir's opinion is that his intention does have to be aligned with what he verbalizes. So El Amr Abai, rather says Abai, Reisha, the Amr Simen, Rishon, Lemulin, Vesimen Sheni, Af, Larelim. So, Rather, the right. So we're going to assume that yeshno right? That 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 the intention is not just at the end of the shchita, but but it even matters the entire process of shchita. So now, says Abaye, Reisha the Amr Simon Reisha on the Mulim Bismicheni Afla Reilim. So in the Reisha, where his intention is first for Mulim for people with a Bismila and then for people without a Bismila. So his intention was that simen rishin limulin, that the first simen. I don't know whether it's the trachea or the esophagus. So I'm gonna set, you know, I'm gonna slice that one limulin for people with a brismila. V'simen sheni afla 
And then the second one, like the esophagus, I don't know, the trachea, the esophagus, whatever the second one is, the intention is going to be even for people without a bris milah. So that in the second one also, that even for the second simon, his intention was for people with a bris milah as well. So meaning, his intention for the first simon, whether it's the trachea or the esophagus, was that He's going to have intention for people with a brismila. And the second simon was going to be even with for people without a brismila, but meaning for both, for people with a brismila and people without a brismila. So, so, so that's why it works. But seifa, but when he says first people without a brismila, then people with a brismila, to amr simon rishon la arelim, that the first simon is going to be for people without a brismila. Simon sheni lemulim. Whereas the second simon is going to be for people with the brismila. So, the besimin rishin, halopsiche beimulin. Now, for the first simon, right, the first pipe that he um, slices, so there was no inclusion of people with the brismila, right? The first simon was for people without a brismila. And only the second one was going to be for people with a brismila. Which means that you have one pipe, which was entirely for people without a bris milah. And Reb Meir says that you can have kilu a chetzi chetzi pigle. So for example, in this case where you have to slice both the trachea and the esophagus, and he's having an improper intention for one of them, i.e. that he's doing one of them for people without a bris milah alone, so that would be enough to kind of mess up the shechita. Whereas the Chachamim say, no, you can't, there's no such thing as pigle for like half a matir, right? Because when it comes to shechita, you need to slice both the trachea and the esophagus. One of them would only be half. So the Chachamim say, no, there's no such thing as pigle. Of course, pigle being if you have an intention to eat this korban outside of its proper time. Chacham say when it comes to pigle, no, you'd have to have pigle for the entire shechita, not just for half of it. Rabbi Meir says you can have pigle even for half of it. Now we're going to apply that same concept also to this intention of arelim and mulim. That just like Rabbi Meir says that you can have pigle for half of the avoda, so you can also, if you have an improper intention, kilu, that you shechtin the korban pesach only for people without a bris milah, even though it's just for one of the simanim, either for the trachea or the esophagus, it's enough to say that um, the intention is problematic and that the korban is going to be possible. All right, exciting times. If a person shechs the korban pesach and there's chametz around, now we're going to get to whose chametz? Let's say at least his chametz. Let's just say at least that, right? So if you have a fellow and he's shechting the korban pesach and he's still got a sandwich waiting for him at home, so over below saise he's going to be violating a lav. What's the lav, of course? Very good. Don't slaughter the korban pesach when there's chametz around. Rabbi Yudah Omer Interesting. So Rabbi Yudah says you're even over on a lav. If when you bring the Tamid Shobena Rabbayim, the afternoon offering, and there's still Chametz around. Reb Shimon Omer, says Reb Shimon, Ha Pesach Baibah Osir, so the Korban Pesach, 
on the 14th day of Nisan, Lishmo Chayev, so if you shecht the Korban Pesach on the 14th day of Nisan, Lishmo, meaning with the proper intention to be a Korban Pesach, and you have Chomets around, it's going to be a problem. Vishelo Lishmo Potter, but if you shecht the Korban Pesach on the 14th day of Nisan, but with the improper intention, i.e. Lishem Shlomim, and you have Chomets around, well, that's not going to be considered a proper shechita because it's going to be puzzle. So then it's, you're not violating lo sishchat al chametz dam zivchi because you're not actually, it doesn't count as a shechita because it's puzzle. Ushar kol Now, any other korban, ben lishman u ben lishman, whether you shechted, you know, so you have some other korban, I don't know, if it's a shlamim that day, I don't know. So whether you shechted it, with the proper intention, whether you shechted it with the meaning uh, with, for its proper korban, so you shecht the shlamim l'shem shlamim, or whether you shechted l'shem korban l'shem pesach, it doesn't really matter. Potter on the fourteenth day of pesach of, of Nisan, you're going to be potter if there if you shecht let's say a korban shlamim on the fourteenth day of Nisan, even though you have chametz at home, you're going to be potter. However, where am I? Uvamoed. That, but during the holiday on Pesach, lishmo pater shelo lishmo chayev. If you shecht a korban Pesach, you know during the rest of the days of Pesach where it's too late, it's not the proper time to shecht korban Pesach. So if you shecht it lishmo, the shame korban Pesach, i.e. improperly, so it's not actually going to be considered shechita. So then pater, so you're not going to be so even if you have still have chametz at home, you're not going to be violating lo sishchat chametz dam zivchi shelo lishmo. Chayv, but if you shecht it l'shem shlamim, which is you know Pesach shlobas mano, as we know, is a shlamim. So you basically shecht a korban shlamim on Pesach when you still have chametz around. Ushar kol azvachim ben l'shman ben shelo l'shman chayv, and also all other korbanis on during the rest of the days of Pesach, whether you shecht them for their proper intentions. So let's say you have a shlamim, whether you shecht l'shem shlamim, whether you shecht l'shem let's say korban Pesach. Chayev during the rest of of of, of Pesach. Chutz menachatas sheshachato shelo lishma with the lishma with the exception of a korban chatas that you slaughtered it with the improper intention for some other korban, and um, that the chatas will be possible won't be considered shechita and therefore you won't be over on those sishchato chametz dam zivchi. Very interesting. So basically, Reb Shimon's opinion is that on the fourteenth day of Nisan you can only be over on those sishchat al chametz dam zivchi. By a korban pesach that you shecht lishma on the fourteenth day of Nisan. However, during the rest of Pesach, if you have chametz around and you shecht any other korban, so then you will be over on losishchat chametz dam zivchi. Very interesting. So now we get to machloikis between Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlakish regarding when you shecht the korban pesach and you have chametz around. Does that chametz have to be with you in the Azara when you are shechting the Korban Pesach? That is the Machlokas. So, Amr Ibshim ben Lakish says the Gemara, Le'olam eno chayev ajayah chametz la'shochet o la'zorek o la'echen m'bnei chabura ve'ad she'imo ba'azara. So let's read that again. So Amr Ibshim ben Lakish says Rish Lakish, Le'olam eno chayev, so a person really only violates the lo ta'aseh of lo sishchat o chomets dam zivchi ad sheyeh chomets la shochet 
So the chametz has to belong either to the person doing the slaughtering, or lazorik, or the or the kohen who's going to throw the blood on the mizbeach, or somebody else in the group, right? Because of course you 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 have a whole group that is connected to a carbon pesach. So so. Or if somebody else in the group has some chametz still at home, in any of these cases, so the so the korban pesach will be possible. The ad imo bazara, and says Rishlakish, it's not enough that this person has chametz at home. The the the, the chametz actually has to be with him in the azara at the time that the shechita is happening, meaning in the base of mikdash with him. But yeah, but not just in the base of Mikdash, meaning he has it with him in the base of Mikdash, but also in the Azara, in the part of the base of Mikdash where he's where he's doing the Shita. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Afapi, She'en Imo Ba'azara, whereas Rabbi Yochanan says, no, even if his chametz is at home, that's enough, he's going to be violating the Lotaseh of the Sishrat HaChametz Dam Zivchi, and of course, what do we do to people who violate mitzvah slosase, we whip them. Now what's the machlokas between Rishlakish and Rabbi Yochanan? How come Rishlakish says that the Chomets has to be with you in the Azara and Rabbi Yochanan says it can even be at home? So if you want to say that they're arguing about what does the word al mean? It says, Lo sishchat al chametz dam zivchi. Don't slaughter on the chametz, the korban pesach. So, what does al mean? What does an mean? Does it mean that it has to be with you, or maybe not? That Rish Lakish says that al, when it says it means that the chametz has to be with you in the azara, and Rabbi Yochanan holds. That no, the 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 the, the does not al doesn't mean that it has to be with you in the zara. It can even be if it's at home. But if ligu zimna. But why do we need this machlokas over here by korban pesach? We already have this machlokas about how to understand al in a different context. Ditanan, as we learn in the mishnah, shoychet toda lefnim velach mechutz lechoma. Mm-hmm. A korban toda, a fellow is bringing a uh, uh, an offering because he's got to say thanks. Now a korban toda is brought together with forty breads. Thirty of them are not chametz. One of ten of them are chametz. Now there's a distinction between something called kedushas damim and kedushas guf. Kedushas Domim means, so once I take these breads and I set them aside that you're going to be used for my Korban Toda, they get what's called Kedushas Domim. That means that at that point they're already basically considered holy, hectish. And it, let's say if they become Tomei, well, what you'll do is you'll just redeem them onto money and then use that money to like get other breads. Now, once you shecht the korban pesach, no, not pesach, the toda. So then these breads get what's called kedushas aguf, that the breads inherently themselves become kadosh. And an afkamina is that if they become tamei, you won't be able to just redeem them anymore. They themselves 
or of kedusha. So there's a distinction between kedushas aguf and kedushas damim. So when you shech the korban toda, at that point the breads get what's called kedushas aguf. Now, in order for these breads to get kedushas aguf, when you shech the korban toda, they have to be with you. So now the Mishnah says in Menachis. So if you shech the korban toda in the azara, okay, but the breads are not with you, they're beyond the wall. We don't know what wall. Beyond the wall. Well, in that case, the bread does not get kedusha saguf because they're outside of the wall. And by and as Rashi points out, by Korban Toda, it says Al Zevachatoda. That you bring these these breads Al Zevachatoda. So we have this question of Al. And does Al mean that it has to be with you? You know, so so okay, so it says Al. And then now we need to figure out how does that play into things. So my chutzlichoma. So the Mishnah says that if the breads are outside of the wall, so then they don't get Kedusha Saguf. So what wall? So Byochanama Chutzlichoma is based pagi. So Yochanan says, yeah, outside of the wall of Beispagi. Beispagi is the furthest place you can go in Jerusalem. That past there, it's no longer considered Jerusalem. So basically, Rabbi Yochanan is saying, you don't need that the breads need to be like right near you. It just means they can be anywhere in Jerusalem. But if the breads are outside of Chomas Beispagi, they're outside of the furthest place in Jerusalem, well then already they're not going to get Kedusha Saguf. But as long as they're anywhere in Jerusalem, it's fine. It doesn't have to be super close. But if the breads are outside of the wall of the Azara, they're not in the Azara, when you're shechting the Korban Toda, that's fine. It's not a big deal. You don't need the breads to be super extremely close. Rabbi Shim ben Lakish Amar, Afilu chutz l'chomas azara lo kaddish, whereas Rish Lakish says, no, even if the breads are simply outside of the wall of the azara, meaning you're shechting the korban toda inside of the azara, the azara is like the part of the Besamekdash where the Mizbeach was, and the breads are outside of the wall of the azara, Rish Lakish says that that is already a problem, and they won't get Kedusha Saguf. So we see that according to Rishlakish, when it says, that, that you need breads, Al means Bisamuch. That they have to mamash be right next to the Korban Toda when you are slaughtering it. So we already see that there's a machlokas between Rishlakish and Rabbi Yochanan regarding is Al Bisamuch or not. And therefore, I don't need them also to argue regarding Korban Pesach if I need the Chomets to be with me in the Azara based on this Machlokas about is al Basamach or not. We already know this Machlokas from Korban Toda. El Basra So says the Gemara, rather, the Machlokas between Reb Shimon, uh, between uh, Rishlakish and Reb Yochanan is about Asra Asafik. Because, right? Don't So that's a mitzvah 
It's a negative, right? Whatever. It says don't do something. And as we mentioned a few minutes ago, if you do something you're not supposed to do, we whip you. Now, we don't just whip you. We have to warn you first. It wouldn't be nice if we just whipped you without a warning. So we warn you first. So the question is, are you, is, is a, is a, is a, um, is a Asra Suffolk, an uncertain warning, is that considered a significant warning or not? And therefore, how does that play out over here? So, if you're in the Azara, and you're shechting your carbon Pesach, and there's a fellow there with chametz, well then if we warn him, hey, dude, you have to get rid of that chametz, well, we know that he clearly has chametz, and it's a real warning, like, hey man, if you don't get rid of your chametz, we're going to whip you. But if his chametz is at home, well, if we, we can't really warn somebody with 100% certainty that he has chametz, if his chametz, we don't, we can't actually see his chametz. So therefore, when we find out later that he had, that, that in fact he had chametz at the time that we warned him, so then can we whip him or, whip him or not based on the fact that we warned him, even though we couldn't say with 100% certainty at the time that we warned him that he had chametz because he was at his house, it wasn't with him in Nazar. So, so the question is, is a warning, you know, that isn't 100% certain, considered a good enough warning? And so, Rish Lakish would say, no, it's not. And therefore, in order to be over in the lab, you would have to have the chametz with you in the Azara. Whereas Rabbi Yochanan would say, Hasra'a Safik is enough, and therefore, even if the chametz is at home, he'll still be violating the lab and we whip him. But the Gemara says, but we also know that that is already a machlokas somewhere else that we see that Rabbi Yochanan says Asra Safik is a Hasra and Rish Lakish says it isn't. The Itmar, it was stated. So if a person makes a swear, he says, I swear that I am going to eat this bread today. Okay. Sounds a little dramatic, but okay. And then he didn't eat it. Well, that sounds like a mess. He swore that he was going to eat this bread and he didn't eat it. Rabbi Yochanan ben Lakish, Tamitavayu eno loka. So Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish both agree that he's not going to get Malkis for violating Losisa Hashem Elokech Alashab. Where are we? So now the question is, how come? How come they both agree that you're not going to get Malchus when you swear that you're going to eat bread and you don't end up eating it? So, Rabbi Yochanan Omar, Enoloke, so Rabbi Yochanan explains that he doesn't get Malchus, well, because there's a, a prohibition that he didn't actually do anything. Meaning he said he's going to eat this bread, he, di- he didn't do anything. He just partially didn't eat it. So, and a prohibition that doesn't have an activity associated with it, you didn't do anything. In this case, Yudafka didn't do something. So, we can't whip you for that. But in terms of like the fact that, you know, if you would warn him and say, hey man, if you don't eat that bread, we're going to whip you. Well, there, that, that would be a, considered a significant enough um, warning. Even though it's a suffix, we don't know if he's going to end up eating the bread or not. So we can't know for sure he's gonna, if he's going to violate it. But that in and of itself isn't a problem. You're allowed to give somebody a, 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 um, uncertain warning.
but the the reason why we can't whip him is because um, he didn't do anything. Rabshim ben Lakish has the opposite opinion. He doesn't get Malkus. Rish Lakish says, no, the reason why we don't give Malkus is because it's an uncertain warning. We don't know if he's going to end up eating the bread or not. So therefore, we can't give Malkus for that. But just in terms of, you know, a, a, a prohibition that you didn't do anything, eh, we could whip you for that. That's fine. Great. So we already see that Rabbi Yochanan says, Lav Shein Bomaise, you can. No. That Rish Lakish says, eh, Asra Safik is. No. <laughs> Rabbi Yochanan says that Asra Safik is a good Asra. And Rish Lakish says Asra Safik is not a good Asra. So we see this Machlokas somewhere else already. So we gave, we offer two options for the Machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Let's review what they say. Rish Lakish says that the bread the chametz would have to be in the azara with you. Rabbi Yochanan says that the chametz can even be at your house. Now, we're saying, what's the machlokas based on? We gave one suggestion, it's based on, does al need to be near you? Does, when it says, al does it have to be close to you or not? We said that can't be because they already might argue about that um, regarding Korban Toda. And then we say, okay, so maybe it's about Asra Safik or not. We, we say, yeah, but they already argue about that also regarding um, a fellow who swears he's going to eat bread and doesn't eat it. No. So then what's the machlokas between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan based on? So, I'm the Olam Ba'al B'Samach So Gemara says, no, really, the machlokas is about does Al mean close by or not? But I thought we already had that machlokas by Korban Toda. Utsricha, we need this machlokas to be recorded in both places, by the Korban Toda as well as by Korban Pesach. How come? Because if I would only know that there's the Machlokas between Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan regarding Chomets, regarding Shechten Korban Pesach when you still have Chomets, and Rabbi Yochanan says that even though the Chomets isn't with you, it's at your house, you are still going to be over on the lav. Well, Havamina, I would have said, Bahu, who the Rabbi Yochanan, I'll say, yeah, specifically there, by the Korban Pesach, is where Rabbi Yochanan says that the Chomets doesn't have to be mamish with you, it can even be at your house. Because it's an Isser. It's saying, like, look, you're not allowed to have Chomets around. Wherever that Chomets is, you're not allowed to have it. It doesn't have to be with you in the Azar. You're not allowed to have Chomets. It's Osir. Wherever it is, it's going to be a problem. But in terms of the breads of the Korban Toda getting Kedusha Saguf, well, well, I would say, right, in order for the um, breads of the Toda to get Kadosh Kedusha Saguf, they have to be inside the Azara, in the Beis HaMikdash, when you're shechting the korban toda, I'm a modelly Reb Shimon ben Lakish. I'll say that Reb Yochanan agrees with Rish Lakish. Do but inan al besamuch that you will need the breads of the korban toda to be with him in the azara when he is shechting the korban toda. The iise gavoy kaddish that if it's inside the azara with the korban toda when he's shechting it, it'll become. 
Kadosh Kedusha Sagov. Ilolo Kadosh. And if it's not inside the Azara when he shechted in Karmat Hoda, it won't get Kedusha Sagov. Midi Dehava Akle Sharis. Just like clay shars, right? For example, if you put a korban mincha, right? The flower, the flower of the korban mincha. Once it gets into the vessels, the special vessels in the base hamikdash, so at that point it gets kedusha saguf. So only once it's inside the vessels, the clay shars does it get kedusha saguf. So I'll say here also that the that Rabbi Yochanan will agree with Rish Lakish that in order for the breads of the korban toda to get kedusha saguf, they would have to be inside the azare when you are shechting. The Korban Toda. So Tzricha. So that is why we need Rabbi Yochanan to tell us that no, as long as the breads are anywhere in Jerusalem, they will get Kedusha Saguf because we don't need Al B'Samuch. Mikadesh Lechem. So then, what? okay, so then why don't we just give the case of the breads of the Korban Toda? And we'll say, well, if in that case, Rabbi Yochanan says, that the bread could be anywhere in Jerusalem, well then certainly by Chometz, where it's a law, it's a prohibition, we'll say, well, wherever the bread is, it'll be a problem. Wherever the Chometz is, will be a problem and you don't need al besamuch, you don't need it to be close by. So in this case, it's the opposite. I'll say that if the only case that we had was the Korban Toda, I'll say that, well, that's where Reish Lakish says that the Breads have to be with you inside of the Azara. The Isse Gavoi Kaddish, Ilolo Kaddish. That if the breads are with us inside the Azara, they become Kadosh Kedusha Saguf. But if they're outside of the Azara, then they don't. Avale Inyon Chametz, Modlele Rabbi Yochanan, Telobu Inan Abbasamuch. But maybe I'll say that when it comes to Chametz, when it comes to Shechling the Korban Pesach and you still have Chametz, maybe he'll agree with Rabbi Yochanan. That you don't need the Chametz to mamash be with you in the Azara, the Isurahu, because after all, it's an Isser. It's saying don't have any Chametz around. Wherever it is, it is. Sricha, that's why we need to record this Machlokas also by Korban Pesach to say that no, even here, Reish Lakish will say that the Chametz specifically needs to be with you in the Azara in order to be Chayib Malkis, in order to be over in the lab of Losishchat al-Chametz Dam Zivchi, and to get whipped. Ba'amine Rav Oshaya, Rabbi Ami, Rav Oshaya asked Rav Ami, Eino l'shochet v'yeshlo l'echon b'nei chabur ma'u. Okay, so now we had said earlier that the lav applies, the prohibition applies when you shech the Korban Pesach, whether the person who is shechting the Korban Pesach has chametz around, whether the person, the Kohen is going to do the Zerika Saddam has chametz around, and whether it is Anybody in the group that's going to be eating the carbon Pesach that has Chametz around. So now, but Reb Oshaya asks this question. What if the fellow who is shecht in the carbon Pesach doesn't have any Chametz? But one of the fellows in the group has Chametz. Ma'u. Well, does it mess things up or not? Does it make the carbon Pesach possible or not? Omar Leis, so Ami responds, so Rami says, well, it doesn't say in the Pasuk, right, don't slaughter on your Chametz, the Korban Pesach, it says Al Chametz in general. So therefore, it's even if it's not yours, it's going to be a problem. So Amalei, 
So Boshai responds and he said, Well, Yachi, if that's the case, I feel the Nami. Well, then does that mean that even if somebody else has chametz around, it's going to be a problem? Meaning, even if somebody not in my group? So Rabbi Oshaya asks, So what if somebody else in the group has chametz around? Not the person shafting it, but somebody else in the group. So Rabbi Ami says, Well, it just says, Lo sishchat al chametz, chametz in general, even if it's not yours. So, but then Obashai says, well, if that's the case, it's just chametz in general, well then maybe even somebody who's not in my group, if he has chametz around, it could be a problem. So Omer Lei, so Biyami responds, Omer Kroa, lo sishchat v'lo yolin. says, lo sishchat ha-pesach, tam zivchi v'lo yolin, ad-boka zevach ha-ga-pasach. Lo sishchat al-chametz ha-nachtikam y'olin mishum lo yolin. No, it says that when, the, so the issue of slaughtering the Korban Pesach when there's Chametz around is specifically regarding people who are involved also in making sure that the Korban Pesach doesn't um, stick around until the morning, i.e. the people in your group who are going to be eating it with you before the morning, they are the people who it matters if they have Chametz around. So any so anybody in your group is going to be a problem if they have Chametz around. Amrav Papa, so says Papa Hilchach. Therefore, Koina Makti is a chelev over below Saise, Hovieshno, Bichlal, Halona Simurin. So Papa says, well, well then based on this, where we compare the, um, Lo Sishra the Chomis Damzivri Vlo Yalin, Labokazeva Chagapasach, we're comparing the Shrita to leaving over the Korban um, Pesach until the morning. So therefore, the person, the Kohen who's going to be putting the Emurin, the, 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 the parts of the Korban Pesach that go on the Mizbeach, so the Kohen who's going to be putting those parts on the Mizbeach, so then if he has um, any Chomets around, well then he's also going to be over on a low Ta'aseh because he's not allowed to leave the Emurin until the morning and we compare Lo Yalin, we compare leaving over the Korban Pesach to the morning to Lo Sishrat Adamech Al Chametam Zivri. So even if the fellow, even if the Kohen who is putting the parts that go on the Mizbeach onto the Mizbeach, if he has Chametz at home, he is going to be violating a mitzvah slosa. Say, no, we don't see that he will necessarily make the Korban Pesach possible. That I think is connected to um, the Shochet and the Zorek and the people in the Chabura. That's the way I understand it at least. But this fellow who's um, burning these emurin, if he has chametz at home, he'll be over in the losase of losishchad adam achametz dam zivchi. But I don't know that he will make the korban pesach puzzle per se. Okay. Tanekavaseh der apapim. We talk. I have a brisa supporting of apapim. Hasholchet es a pesach ala chametz. Somebody who slaughters a korban pesach and he's got chametz around over below taaseh. He, invi- he violates a mitzvah lo ta'aseh, a masai. When is this? Bizman shehu l'shochet. It's when the chametz belongs to the slaughterer, or the zorek, or to the person throwing the blood on the mezbeach, or le'echad mibnei chabura, or to anybody in the group. Ha'y le'echad besofa olam ein zakuklo. If somebody else who's not connected to you, not part of your group, has um, some chametz, not, not my problem. Now, ve'echad ha-shochet, ve'echad ha-zorek, ve'echad ha-maktir, chayv. Now, whether it's the person who is slaughtering the carbon Pesach, whether it's the person who is 
putting, he was throwing the um, um, blood on the Mizbeach, and whether it is the person who is burning the specified parts on the Mizbeach, if they have chametz around, they will be violating this mitzvah slosase of lo sishchat al-chametz tamzivchi chayev. Aval, hamolek esaof barbaa also enu over below klum. However, if on the 14th day of Nisan, somebody's offering um, a, uh, a bird offering, and he does malika, right? I think it's specifically chatasof, whatever it is. I think it's, um, yeah, 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 exactly. Whatever it is. If it's a chatasof of Mechus like we talked about the other day. Anyways, if you do the malika of, the, of, of this bird, Malika is the very fancy way that the Kwanim would slaughter a bird by like using a fingernail to kind of um, kill it. So if you do Malika and you have Chametz around, on the four, if the coin does Malika on the 14th of Pes of Nisan and he's got Chametz around, he is not going to be over on a mitzvah slotase. Vira mini? Okay, so one second. So that was a proof for a pape because we said that even the person burning the uh, emurim, the specified parts, the go on the mizbeach, will violate a mitzvah slosase if he has chametz around. Very mini, but we have a kasha. We have a contradiction. Hashochet is a pesach, ala chametz. Somebody who slaughters a carbon pesach and he's got chametz around, over below taase, he violates a mitzvah slosase. Okay, great. Rabbiuda Omer, afatomim. Okay, and as we saw in our Mishnah, Rabbiuda says, even if they offer the Thomas Shubin Arabayim on Arab Pesach and there's Chametz and whoever's offering it as Chametz around it's going to be a problem. Fine. Amrulo, they said to him, Lo Amru Elebe Pesach Bilvad, no. Rabbi Yehuda, this doesn't apply to the Korban Talmud, it's only the Korban Pesach. A Masai, now, when is it going to be a problem if you slaughter the Korban Pesach with Chametz Ram, Bizman Sheish Lashochet or Lazorik, if the slaughterer or the thrower of the blood, or the Echim Bnei Chabura, or anybody in the group has Chametz Ram. If somebody not in your group, somebody from some random place, has Chametz Ram, it doesn't, doesn't mess you up. So now, whether somebody, whether the person who's slaughtering the animal, whether the person who's throwing the blood in the mezbeach, and now we're saying, and even somebody who does malika, that fancy way of severing the head of a bird, and somebody who then takes, you know, sprinkles the birds, the, the, the blood from the bird on the mezbeach. Oh no, one second, no, 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 yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, chayv. So then he's going to be chayv. Avala komet is a mincha in overblow sa'ise, but if somebody, you know, takes uh, a fistful of a korb mincha and puts that on the mizbeach without um, intention, uh, with um, chametz around, he's not over in the lotase. Hamakter seimurin in overblow tase. And a, and somebody, and the kohen who puts the emurim, of whether it's the korb pesach or whether it's even potentially other korbanos, Will not be over in a lotase if he has chametz around. So says the Gemara, Kash Malika Malika Kash Aktara Aktara. So we have two contradictions between the first verse and the second verse. So the, fir- the fir- first contradiction is the Gemara says Kash Malika Malika, is that the first 
Brisa said that you would not be over in Elotase if you do the if you slaughter this bird with Malika when you have chametz around. And the second Brisa says that it actually even includes Malika. That if you do Malika and there's chametz around, you'll be over in Elotase. And also Kashaktar Aktar. And there's also a problem that in the first Brisa it says that the person who does the Aktara, the Kohen who burns the Emurim on the Mizbeah, is going to be over, is going to be violating a mitzvah slota, say of lo, if he's got chametz around. And yet the second Brisa says, that the Kohen who does the Aktara will not be violating a mitzvah slota, say, if he's got chametz around. So, no, what do we do? So the time of Tikshila Chagufa, so the Gemara says, well, one second, before you get carried away over here, if you think about it, this Bryce itself doesn't make any sense. How come? Tikatani lo amrela bepesach bovad, because on the one hand they respond to Rabbi Yehuda and say, that why are you saying that if you slaughter the Korbantam Shobin Arbaim and Erev Pesach and you have Chametz around, you're going to be over in a Losa'ase, this of only applies to the Korban Pesach. It doesn't apply to anything else. Fine. But But then we continue and we say that who is going to be over on the Mitzvah Slo Somebody slaughters. Somebody does the Zwika Saddam. But also somebody does Malika on a bird. And Hazar Saddam of the bird. That's not a Korban Pesach. So it's weird. This, this Bryce itself doesn't make sense. On the one hand, it, they're responding to Rebut and saying, no, this lav only applies to Korban Pesach. And then we're saying also it applies to a bird. What's the deal? So rather, okay. What's going on here is that both Bryces are Rib Shimon. Okay. Now Rib Shimon in our Mishnah had said, that on Erev Pesach, the only thing that you're going to be um, chayev, the only thing that you're going to be chayev, um, uh, that you're going to be over on a lab for on Erev Pesach, on the 14th of Nisan, is if you do the Korban Pesach. The Korban Pesach, Lishma, on Erev Pesach, you are going to be over on Lusishcha Lechomitz Dam Zivchi. If you have chametz around, but any of the other korbanos or anything, it doesn't apply to. Now, during the rest of Pesach and Cholamoid, so then you can be over on the lav of losishcha the chametz dam zivchi if you have chametz around when you do any of the other korbanos. So now, therefore, where are we? So Ella havar Shimon, both prices are Shimon, Malika Malika Lokasha. So when the first brisa says that Malika you are going to be a uh, potter if you do it on the fourth, right? As the Brisa itself says on the 14th day of Nisan, well, Kambar Ba'asa, right? The Brisa itself, if, if the first Brisa itself says if you do Malika, i.e., obviously not according to Pesach, on the 14th day of Nisan, you're going to be potter. Well, great. That's exactly what Rabbi Shimon says. Any other kind of Korban on the 14th day of Pesach, you're going to be potter for Lusish Chalacham Dam Zivchi. No, the 14th day of Nisan. Kan Shamoid, whereas the second, Brisa, or, or at least certainly the second part of the Brisa, when it says that you're going to be chayiv for Malika, he's talking about on Cholamoid. When you're chayiv for other kinds of korbanis, for those sishchat, al-chametz dam zivchi. 
Idi ve'idi, Reb Shimon, he find they're both Reb Shimon. Haktor, haktor, nami lo kasha, and also, when we say, that in the first b'risa, that the fellow, that the coin who burns the stuff in the Mizbech is chayv, in the second b'risa we say is not, tanoi, it's two different tanoi, uh, who have differing opinions about what Reb Shimon said, dika demakish haktor, l'shchita, v'kamandu lo makish, that there are those who compare, uh, that one of the, um, uh, Tana's compared Haktara burning the Emurim on the Mizbech to Shechita. I, and Rashi says it's really actually specific, specifically to Dam, that basically you're not allowed to leave it over to the, comparing it to Lo Talin, don't leave it over to the morning. And therefore, since, um, the Emurim, the Haktara of the Emurim, you don't want to leave over to the morning, so therefore we compare that also to Lo Sishcha Lechamed's Dam Zivchi. And the other Mandamar says that we don't compare it. And therefore, um, you would be, you would not be chayev if for the haktara if you have Pesach around, because we don't, based on leaving it to the morning, we don't compare it to the Sishchalatamitz, Tam Zivchi, and, um, therefore you'd be potter. Um, alright, well, that was Daf Samach Gimel. Um, yeah, what do you guys think about Daf Samach Gimel? I guess also another kind of involved kind of Daf, right? Yeah, some, complex dapim recently. Anyways, so we started out talking about the intentions during Shechita of the Korban Pesach with a price of Acherim that he says that if you had initially had intention for um, people with a brismila, then people without a brismila, so then it's kosher, but people without a brismila, then people with a brismila, it's not kosher. We had three different, um, we had three different opinions. First opinion was that Reb Meir says, well, you're only chayv on Shechita Right, the only thing that's important is the intention that you have at the end of the shechita. And since Reb Meir also holds that, and the is Reb Meir, that we go based on, when you say two different things, we go based on the first thing that you said. So therefore, if the first thing that you said is for people with a bris milas, then it's kosher. If the, if the first thing you said is people without a bris milas, then it's not kosher, because you only have one shot at the end of the uh, shechita to have an intention. And whatever your initial intention is, that's what sticks. Rabba said that actually... It's about, um, no, he had in his heart both for people with a brismila and people without a brismila, but he only had a chance to say one thing. If that thing that he had a chance to say was, um, Aurelian, people without a brismila, so even though in his heart he intended uh, for people with a brismila and people without a brismila, but all he had a chance to say before the shrita was over was people without a brismila, so even though what he said and what he was thinking in his heart don't align, that would not matter and it would be enough to say that it is pasul since um, all he had a chance to say was for people without a bismillah. Um, Abaye says that, wait a second, Rav Meir's opinion based on the Stamishna is actually that you would need your intention and what you say to be equal. So therefore Abaye says actually it's talking about where he intended for the first um you know, simon, like the trachea or the esophagus, to be for people without a brismila, and the second one to be for, for people also with a brismila. But since the first simon that, um, his intention was for people without a brismila completely, so therefore it's going to be a problem. And Romero's opinion is that you can have pigle even for half an avoda, right? So therefore when you do shrita, in order for it to be kosher, you have to shech both the trachea and the esophagus. And if you only do half, you know, one of them, well then that's only half of the, of the of the job. Yet Reb Meir says if you have intention, let's say just for the trachea, that you're going to be eating this carbon outside of its proper time, well that's already enough for it to be pigle. So just like it's enough for it to be pigle, it's also enough for it to be a um 
thought that will make the carbon puzzle. Fine. And um, we discussed we discussed slaughtering the carbon pesach when you have chametz around. And we had a machlokas between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan about does that chametz have to actually be in the azara with you at the time of the shechita? Rish Lakish says yes, it does have to be in the azara with you. Rabbi Yochanan says no, it could even be at your house. And the machlokas is when it says lo sishchat al chametz dam zivchi. Does al mean that it has to be mamish with you? Like Rish Lakish says yes, or can it not have to necessarily be with you? Which is um, Rabbi Yochanan who says wherever the chametz is, it's going to be a problem. And then we also discussed who is it that if they have um, um, chametz, then it's going to be a problem when you shech the Korban Pesach. So we said that it's whether the slaughterer, whether anybody in the group, whether the um, person who's going to throw the blood on the Mizbeach, if anybody has chametz, it's going to be a problem. Um, we also said that um, in terms of whoever has chametz, uh, well, uh, whoever does, meaning if somebody, when he's shechting the carbon Pesach, so if he has chametz, it's going to be a problem. Also, when the person is throwing the blood on the Mizbeach, if he's got chametz around, it's going to be a problem. Also, when the person is burning things in the Mizbeach, if he has chametz around, it is also going to be a problem. Um, okay, let's stop there. That was the 63. Hope you enjoyed it. Peace out.